This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Outdoor Drive. We are here at the 2020 Iowa Deer Classic in the dungeon. Yes, the dungeon. That's where we are. That's where we're hanging out. Um, I actually, I don't know how I found him. He was hiding in the corner with his new camo. Mr. Scott. Scott, how are you, buddy? Doing well, brother. Doing very well. So why don't you explain to the people who you are, where you're from, and what you do? Sounds good. Uh, my name is Scott Shearer. I am the uh, owner-designer of Broadside Camo. Um, originally out of Texas, now in Michigan. Um, started six years ago now. You probably, Maybe you've heard of me, maybe you haven't. Uh, trying to do this slow and grow type style. Um, I'm not, it's just me, really. I run this whole show by myself and then a couple loyal fans. Um, and so what I'm doing is photorealism camouflage for tree stand hunters. That's awesome. Yep. So what do you do in your day-to-day? Like, you're, you're 9 to 5. Do you... 9 to 5. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well. So I'm a medical sales rep, which means I don't have to do 9 to 5. Um, gives me the liberty to get in the field a little bit more, hunt a little bit more as I want, make my calls, be effective in my sales career, and that gives me a little bit more free time to get into the woods. So, so you're in the marketing world as it is? Uh, I'm in sales, not sales. marketing. Okay, and I'm, I'm learning that that's a very different thing. When I first started, I thought that was something unique. Um, what you guys do and what I do are vastly different. And what marketing people do and what I do are vastly different. We only do the fun part of it. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> in the medical world, yeah, that's, that's where I, I, I really enjoy the, the anatomy, physiology, that the process, how stuff works, how it comes together. So it really starts to lend into my personality type and how I ended up creating uh, what's now Broadside Camo. So in, in your beginning years of your career, mm. like with hunting, where, where did you start? Where did you develop the outdoor yeah. drive uh so when i was a kid probably like many of you i was jumping in creeks catching crawdads fishing for bass and catfish with you know little simple lines that kind of stuff shooting squirrels with bb guns um and then i went city 
uh, and, and then I went Metro after college. Um, I just kind of got out of it. You know, I, I got into other things. I got into world travel. I got I found what a woman was for the first time at, at 21 years old. I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, um, why am I in the woods? Uh, come to find back, I'd rather find the girls that are in the woods than vice versa. But um, There you go. <laughs> I, 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 like, those types are the ones that I want to be hanging out with. <laughs> That's right. Um, but as I started getting older, I, I was living in Austin. I'm from Texas, so I was living in Austin um, doing the whole single, single guy thing past. Um, and I, I sat with or I sat on my brother's deer lease, or brother-in-law, excuse me, it's deer lease, and I'm watching the sun rise over this probably about a 100-yard, 200-yard patch with a tank on it, feeder over there in Central Texas, and I see the dew turn to frost, and those morning sky colors that just, like, man. And there was a moment where it, this is right. This field, the setting that I'm watching is real. This is the stuff we're supposed to be experiencing. This is the stuff we're supposed to be living in and building up in our life. And sure enough, this doe comes walking right to left. She gets out there. She's probably, I don't know, 70 yards broadside. I'm texting my brother-in-law. I'm like, I got a doe. He goes, is it big? And I go, I have no idea. <laughs> it's one by itself. <laughs> this is the first deer sitting in front of me. And he had given me a 30 out. So I, he's like, yeah, go ahead, take her. So I go ahead, make the shot. She drops. And she may have gone to about 100 yards out. And I see the last breath. Like I see it mist in the air. And it was just a surreal, like, I took this life. I go over there, and I sit on it, pray on it, thank you. I'm like, it, it took me back to what I think they felt 200 years ago, 300 years ago, when they were literally living with the food they killed. Like, there was this connective moment of this is all together. And I went, this is what I want. Awesome. And I was just, like, absolutely hooked on hunting from that moment on. So the next year, um, I'm, I, I get onto the lease. I'm like, hey, cool, I'm, I, went up, I went on. And about August, uh, so bow season opens up uh, first last weekend of September, sorry, September 28th-ish or October 1st or somewhere in that range. So I go on Craigslist and I find a bow because I learned that I could get an extra month of hunting in if I bought a bow. And so I said, shoot, let's do this. So I get a bow. I don't know anything. I learn how to shoot. Cool, good. I go out in the field in Central Texas on September 28th. That's like 90 degrees. Right. Like you're sweating a lot from a lot of places. So I go into Academy <laughs> and I'm trying to find gear that I can stay cool in and I can't find anything. You know, Academy is a sporting goods store, kind of 13 lower states. Um, and basically they get the same stuff that everybody else, you know, your mass production, your big brands. And this is really before the big camo boom back in uh, 2012. And so you, I'm getting these like big, thick, heavy jackets. I don't want that in October in 90 degrees. I want something really thin. And the only thing I could find was a mesh shirt. Well, that's really awkward to me is hunting in mesh that yeah. was had a camo stain on it. <laughs> it sounds like a Friday night. <laughs> it, it, was, it was just weird. And I was in, I had a side project that I was working on with a buddy making um, athletic sleeves. Yep. So you've seen those, you know, the Lycra spandex style sleeves. I was making those for uh, fundraisers for schools and charities. So I, I contact my manufacturer, said I can put anything on this imagery, right? She said, yeah, that's fine. So I started walking around my property because Central Texas doesn't look like anything in the Midwest, doesn't look like anything in the Southeast. No, it's 100% unique. Totally unique. And it, shoot, it doesn't look like half of Texas. I mean, you could go into Texas alone and you've got four different fauna types, totally different views and looks. So I started taking pictures with my, I think, iPhone 4 at the time, 8 megapixel camera, took a section of it, sent it to her, and I made a shirt, I made a pair of sleeves, and I made a face cover. And my, at the time, 40-year-old brother-in-law is looking at me like, you're we are such a putz. What are you doing? Well, I, I got all my prototypes back in. I come walking in from the field, 
And he goes, man, I couldn't see you. All I saw was your face bouncing around. Like, you're on to something. So I contacted a local bow shop in Austin. Uh, Mike Lucky, if you ever get to hear this, thank you so much because you gave me my start. Um, and he said, hey, I've got a bar- I like what you're trying to do. I've got a barbecue coming up. Why don't you put your gear here, sell it on a table, and as we have this kind of barbecue party to season kickoff opener, see if it works. I said, all right, cool, done. So in about three hours with a shirt, face cover, and sleeves, the wrong colors and the wrong sizes because they were made in China and they were like little kid stuff. Gotcha. <laughs> um, I sold 1300 bucks worth of gear. Wow. And I went, oh. It's my uh, kind of barbecue. There's something in here that I got to pay attention to. And ever since then, my creative process type like i gotta get this better how do i refine this I, well obviously the sizes the colors are wrong and it was born i was hooked and I'm, I'm somebody that's really fervent in what i do i go for it and i really do i put myself into it and so then it was okay i gotta get the design now i gotta have pants and away we went and for the last or for the first two or three years i kind of fumbled through learning some introductory sales marketing type some of that stuff some of those errors robbing peter to pay paul on designs and how do i push this stuff out to people going to expos getting feedback all the while, I'm selling stuff. Sometimes I went a little too big, and I made... At one point, I carried four different designs, and I was selling one to pay for the other, and then I was going, well, crap, where's my money going? Oh, well, wait a minute. Those are different. So I learned how to run a business. And then in, in seven, 2017, I was actually about to stop. I've got a new boy. He's, at the time, about four months old. I've got my wife, who's from Michigan, living in Texas, and she's going, what are you doing? Like, why you got all these expos and trade shows? What are you going to do this for? You're not making anything. You're losing money. So what the hell? And I said, you know what? I've got this one design that I'm sitting on. I've got three grand in the bank. If I'm going down, I'm going down swinging. Screw it. So she goes, I think you're foolish. Just Let's just take the three. It's $3,000 in our pocket. I was like, I can't do it that way. So I had two Texas Trophy Hunter shows that I was already booked for. And so I said, cool. So I'm going to make a new run of this design. And that design is now what's known as the closer. So I made that, I posted a picture that many of you have probably seen. Um, July 13th at about 4.30, by noon the next morning it had 250,000 hits. And I went, oh, whoa, whoa. You're onto something. I just did something. Whoa, <laughs> posted it online and I ran through my first 100 sets in about a week. And then I did a pre-sale and that pre-sale with another 100 sets sold through in about 36 hours. Wow. And I went, oh, man. And then I did another pre-sale for, you know, six weeks after that based on production time. That one sold out in about two weeks. And I was like, okay, I don't – this now my timeline's getting into November. I just – I'm going to go ahead and stop it. And so, boom, there's my lifeline. You know, there it is. I, I've got – I went back to my roots of being a tree stand and why I created it in the first place. And there it was. And, and that's then I'm it. back and rocking and rolling. I've been, I've been locked in on the tree stand. Tree stand, mobile hunter, saddle, all you guys together. I mean, what we do is so dynamic, so different. You know, and it's not to knock on a boat, a crossbow guy, or a rifle guy. It's when you get into an elevated position, life is different, and you need different things. Oh, absolutely. So, and and now and now you've went above and beyond and innovated uh, something incredible. I hope so. I like to think that. I mean, I think so. So that's all yeah. that matters. It's right? been <laughs> impressive. It's fun to play with. I'll tell yeah. you that much. Thank yeah. you. It's it's cool to watch. I mean that when you went through it yesterday and, and seeing that you're using a lot of real estate that mm-hmm. has not been used in, in hunting clothing. Yep. Um, everybody's on that pack and, and, and backpack and everything mm-hmm. like that. And really just, I mean, loading yourself up and as a saddle hunter, everybody kind of is try to get, they try to get up in, in the tree with a toothpick and a piece <laughs> of dental floss. And when you see that, you're like, 
Yep, there it is. That's that's gonna just make the full circle in yep. in the saddle game. I sure hope so. Um, and I got to give credit to, and I, I forget the gentleman's name. I wish I could remember it off the top. And if you hear it, you recognize yourself. Please send a message and say hello. Um, so I get a message from somebody, and I really try to listen to my to my hunters and to my fans. Hey, I want to use this, and if I think it makes sense, then I'll roll with it. And so he said, hey, there's real estate that you're not paying attention to, and I've got some ideas. Went, okay, well, here. So he said, you've got the top of the thigh. And so he said the top, top. Like, so right as you're seated, as you would face upward. And I said, ah, I kind of like that, but then you're kind of stacking right up against your other cargo. It gets a little wonky. So I took the inside of the thigh. So if you're a tree stand guy, you're at a 90-degree sit, that inner leg of your thigh is available to you. Or if you're a saddle guy, you're in a recline, and it's even better for you. So now I've put two zippered pockets right there on the inner side of your thigh, and you put your phone you put your rangefinder, you put whatever you want to there, but you've got space for you. And then on the outside of the calf, um, I've put a four inch by 10 inch pocket that can fit your saw, can fit snips, it can fit your bow hoist rope. Um, a lot of places that you can store stuff that you want or need that can we can start to get away from a backpack or reduce what you carry in your pack. You can now carry it on your person a little bit better. Exactly. So, and what is the name of that series? So I call it the Ascender series. Uh, Mike Salter. Um, I, so I did a naming competition. That I, I love doing that kind of stuff. I've kind of always done that with my designs. You know, I come out with a new camo design. Hey, what's this going to call? Here, I'll give it up to the fans, and then I, I always give a free set to that person, um, just as a thank you, because I want people to be involved in my company. It's me. I don't have all the ideas. I don't have all the answers, but I'll work through them with people's help. I am the guy that's small enough as a camo company to be dynamic and try something that another company can't because they've got to do big runs. I can run 20, and if it works, it works, and then I'll spread it out. So um, Mike said, here, here's the Ascender series. I think it's a good name. Of course, we had probably about 100 other entries, and, and he won, so he's going to get a free set. That's awesome. And Mike is the man. I'm just going to let it lay it out there for you. Mike is the man. And not even that, but it's his birthday coming up this weekend. Oh, rad. Yeah, so it's yeah. definitely a badass thing that That's he actually cool. won. He's been part of the in this the outdoor drive from the beginning. Yeah, and he was there day one. And he was with me back, fuck, when I was on CT bow hunting, which was, oh, man, that was... 2010 2012 oh, wow. so we've been friends and he's been following Small through world. all my stupid crazy uh journeys through this that's right <laughs> i had no idea who yeah. he was i promise that's not a yeah. setup no, no, no he's yeah. not lying and i'll vouch yeah. for him he had no clue no clue he didn't even know we knew him yeah no. it was kind of cra- oh and i didn't mean it like that no you know no no i'm just saying yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm sorry i wasn't trying no, to no, like call good. um but that that ascended series i mean you want to go through that like yeah, from yeah. start to finish I'd love like to. the like what what made you come up with the ascender series and why what the reasoning for it is so as, as I want to go back that back to the beginning or to the, the origin, if you will. So my first buck opportunity is summer or fall of 2012. I've got a buck. He's walking from my left to my right. I'm in this gigantic three foot oak tree in central Texas. Well, he gets so far to my right that I have to lean out to the left so that I can get my body twisted right to take that shot. Well, he sees me. He's out the door and he's gone. And so I went down to where he was to see the deer's perspective. Like, well, I'm in camo, so why didn't this work? I'm a total neophyte. Like, I have no idea. So I go to where he was, and I look back, and all I see is this big blue sky. Because I had gotten outside of the silhouette of the tree. It makes total sense. So as I did that, I went, oh, there needs to be more light, more transference. So from that point on, it was, I'm a tree stand guy. I need to have light. I need to have that light transference through to help cut the silhouette. So fast forward to a rewind to a year ago, I fall in love with saddle hunting. Boom, done, I'm in, I buy my gear. Um, 
So I bought the Mantis and I'm all ready to go and boom, saddle's coming and I get on it. And I went, what the hell is going on with my jacket? Like it's a ball in my belly and I can't get into my pockets. And there's a lot of stuff that saddle starts to do that I was not prepared for. Your hip pockets are gone, your butt pockets are gone. And now I've got a bunch of fabric in my stomach that, and now I've got a draft in my tummy. And I went, well, this is no good. I got to be able to address that. And again, I go back to the fixing the problems and how my gear can work for me instead of against me. And I just started considering and, and thinking of ways. And I basically, I took my jacket and I started cutting strips into it. And then I got onto the you know, sewing machine and started working, putting in Velcro and putting in buttons and putting in snaps. And what if it goes like this? What if it goes like that? And so what I ended up with in, in the Ascender series is where if you put your hands on the top of your, the points of your hips, there's a six inch slat with two buttons that closes that. So if you're a tree stand guy and you're not a saddle guy yet, that's fine. This still works for you. More than likely, you run a hoodie underneath your jacket. Use that opening as a kangaroo pouch and get to your hoodie pocket that's underneath that same space. So now that's there. If you're a saddle guy, this will really resonate with you because now you can allow your bridge and your bridge loops to pass through that. You snap your jacket back down underneath it, and now your jacket's going to lay flat. And that fixes that bunching problem. It fixes that drafting problem. And on the backside, it forces your jacket to lay flat across the back so now you're not getting the draft on the back either. And that's that was like the big epiphany, the big aha, and oh man, I've got something here. And so all during ATA this year, you know, that's where everybody goes for all the new stuff. Like Saddle's growing huge, Saddle's going fast. And so now I'm looking for companies that, who's gonna come out with it? Is anybody gonna think like I did? Anybody gonna see the problems that I saw? And so I'm, I've got guys that are walking the floor going, hey, did you see the camo? Is anything there? Nope, nope. So I made it through all the ATA, nobody did anything. So no company has come to market yet with out with this style and allowing for saddles. So shortly after that, I waited about a week and then I launched my introductory video to my Ascender, what's now known as the Ascender series of what this was all about and what it was trying to fix. So I can confidently say I'm the first company to market that's specifically for a tree stand, tree stand and or saddle company or saddle guy. Which is incredible because that's huge, especially huge. being a, a saddle hunter and yeah. like going through those problems that you face um with a water uh wind so on and so forth and you've just completely capitalized on that and make it more comfortable for us to be in the tree for a way longer time for long periods and that's and that's that's very important because i mean let's 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 think about this during november we there's a fluctuation in temperatures and sometimes it can get pretty crazy in a tree Mm -hmm. and and you've actually capitalized on another thing when it comes to that with the switches between the temperatures so on and so forth yeah so so i started with a soft shell material and that's really important you know sound is obviously the first number one you got to be able to move quietly we all know that as bow hunters tree stand whether you're in a ground blind or not if it's too loud and it crinkles and crackles just throw it out the window doesn't matter how good it looks or how how comfortable it is just throw it out the window so it's a soft shell waterproof material so it'll come out of the package kind of stiff. You wash it twice, and it just softens right up. It's actually kind of supple. It feels good. It's comfortable. Um, but it's got a water barrier, and then I lined it with fleece because I want it to be warm for you as well. Um, so in the construction of the actual jacket, I put in uh, zippered sleeves so you can run this as a vest. So those 40-degree mornings when you're walking in and you're full, full covered, that's great for you. It's going to retain your heat. But you also know those mornings when it goes from 40 to 70 by 10 o'clock and you're starting to sweat balls. So just undo, you've got the zippers in the front of your armpits, zip them out up over your shoulders. I actually like to leave mine connected. I don't take them all the way out. I just want them far enough where I can get, get my arms out. And now I let them hang and I can run as a vest. 
So now I'm dissipating heat. I'm managing temperature much better. I'm not sweating underneath. And you all know, once you start sweating inside and you can't dry out, it's over. It's done. And us big warm guys, we yeah. sweat a lot. So <laughs> as Scott would say, you might as well just climb on down the tree because yeah. your your day is done in the yeah. next hour. And um, be able to run run that as a vest with a long sleeve under it for right. early season. I mean, they you re, the versatility of this is is endless in my yeah. my opinion, honestly. Thank you. Um, so I, I added some features because I did some of the things I did. It, it causes other issues. So the slats that really make the saddle functional, they land where our traditional pockets would be. Well, I still want to put my hands somewhere, especially saddle guys. We kind of already have this like. What I would do with my hands as it is. Right. You know, it's kind of like I rest them on my bridge. You kind of go T-Rex style. You cross them. It's kind of like I stuff them in my pits. It's what do I do with my hands? So I put in two vertical pouches that go along your flank. So it basically they're just kind of like a drop pouch. So you can put your hands in them if you want to. But then I looked into across the board. I don't know everything. I certainly don't know duck hunting. But I see duck hunting waders and jackets that and they're hanging out. They've got pockets over their chest. Well, my traditional stuff last year had your two chest pockets that everybody wants, but they were on your inside. So like right in the medium on the other side of your sternum. Well, that doesn't do anything for you. So, but just by moving the zippers from the middle of the chest to the, your armpit area, now I've got more of a duck style, duck hunting type jacket. And now I've got a comfortable place for my hands to fit when I'm in a saddle. Totally different effect. And now I've got a comfort factor that's happening that I didn't have before. And the warmth because that's of your right. actual body and being yeah. up in that area yep. is definitely more warmth for your hands. That's right. Focus it on the core of the body. Yep. Most of your heat's going to be right there. Yeah. Well, in that, you know, that kangaroo pouch, if you want to use it that way, you could. But I don't know about you, but I can't keep my hands warm. I have to have like something really tight together. But to your point, if you get them up in the chest, now you're it, it, you have a different warmth in your chest than you do in your belly. Correct. That's different. So that actually helps for us. And that's huge. I mean, and that's the going along with the longevity of being mm-hmm. in the tree. I mean, you're definitely capitalizing on these things. And it, yep. it's just mind blowing for me because you have you as a hunter, you're always constantly trying to find something else that's going to keep you in the mm-hmm. tree for longer in those periods of times, say during the rut when it's really cold yep. and you're in that tree or the wind's coming or the rain or so on and so forth. And this the Ascender series has completely knock this all out of the park yeah i really do think so well seeing the fun thing one thing that really even surprised me on it so we've got some film we're going to put some stuff out and let some people see these features and as we're cutting it he's asking trev you know hey man let me see your phone let me show you this inner thigh thing oh hold on i need a drink and he pulls out a bottle i didn't even know he had the bottle on him but the way that pocket sits it's out of the way it wasn't loud it wasn't annoying you don't see plastic bottle tops sticking out yep. you know it was all hidden yep. in plain sight with the camera two feet away yeah you know so that was pretty cool and it really made me think that you know the ultimate goal at least the way i like to hunt is if i can walk in without a backpack i want to go in without a backpack yep. i can climb up the tree and as soon as the bow's hung and i'm tied in i'm ready to hunt yep you're silent you, yeah and, and you've really done a good job of hitting all the aspects of the crap that i usually have to throw on a bag <laughs> yeah so well, not even things. that you have the big back pouch yeah and that's that's a whole nother thing especially for the saddle hunters that go the wild edge that's right route. yeah yeah, yeah. Like you got to go into that a little deeper. yeah sure so what they're talking about on, on the back of the jacket uh, again real estate that's not being used um the very first jacket that i made the manufacturer that i was using They were a cycling company and they were kind of making, again, cycling sleeves is where I started with. They made me a shirt, they made me a jacket and their cycling jacket was their construct or their backbone. And if you look at cyclists, they run their water bottles on their bike, the frame of their bike, and then they run two on their kidneys. You know, right there on the back, that's where those those bottles live for them. 
And I went, man, that just makes so much sense. And I made that first jacket, and my now wife just absolutely murdered me for it. She goes, you look so silly. You look so foolish. That just doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I was like, I really think it does. And to her credit, I guess, and to me being a sucker to my wife, I stopped making them. I stopped making that pocket. For the last five years, I have not offered that pocket. And when I started looking back into the series again and what I wanted to do to get to minimize the backpack or hopefully alleviate it for some guys, as I went, you got to have storage. You got to have pockets. Well, what about the platform? So I was carrying my, so I have, I know guys, right? So I know Drew from Wild Edge. I know Matt from, out, Matt Garris from Out on a Limb. So I have a Ridge Runner, I have a Perch, and I have some Wild Edge Steps. So I actually run all three when I get up. I run Ridge Runner as my primary, I run my Perch to my right, and I run a Wild Edge Step to my left. Overkill, absolutely, but that's what I like it to works, do. And right? I got it. So that works, my, that's my system. And as I walked in, every pack, I would store my perch and the small on my back between my backpack and, um, yeah, my backpack and my jacket. And I would just basically hang those two little hooks onto my saddle. And that was what I was relying on to hold it. So a couple times I'm walking halfway in, I get to my tree and my perch isn't there anymore. <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> or, I'll do it. or I'm halfway up and my backpack moves a little bit and now it comes off my saddle again. And I was like, you know, this is where I like to keep it. Here's real estate again. So I called Drew and said, hey, I, I want to do a feature on my jacket and I want it to fit the perch. Are you okay with that? And he's like, yeah, of course. That's <laughs> great for me. So I made a, a kind of a delta or trapezoid shape in that middle, middle of the jacket and I measured it out specifically for the perch. So that perch fits perfectly right there in the small of your back. All you got to do is reach back behind you, make a simple gesture, and the perch is now out and available as you make your ascent. Well, it still left space, and that was perfect for two water bottle holders or rope holders or whatever you want to put into it. So you can now run two water bottles and a perch in the small of your back, and you're up with no problem. So for me, um, the way that I store my rangefinder, it goes on the D-loops on my pants. So that's there. I got a grunt tube on the other one. So I can literally now ascend the tree with, as I, as I walk in, I've got my set on, I've got my two hawks, helium sticks that I use to climb on, I've got my aider already on, and then all I need is my bow. That's it. Everything else, and those two things are my hands. So once I started putting my sticks up, I leave my bow, hoisted it, put it on the ground. I've got my rope holder, that, you know, my rope lives in the pocket on my calf, pull it up, hook it up. As I ascend, the line comes out, and I'm, I put it right back in, done. Where's the backpack? The only thing, I've already got my binos on my chest. What else do I need? You know, and somebody made a, a uh, I'll, I'll give credit to him, Greg Staggs, um, another wild edge kind of guy, um, said, how many times do you kill? I said, what do you mean? He goes, well, you hunt how many sits? I was like, oh, 50, 60. How many deer do you take a year? Two or three. Do you really need to take your kill pack in or your gut pack in every time? I was like, oh, man, that's such a poignant statement. I'm lugging this in in hopes, but I'm never more than a, a mile and a half from my car. Like, so what? So I walk 15 minutes back to my car? That's not a big deal. Exactly. Big, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm going to be elated on adrenaline anyways, or I want to give it time to, to expire anyways. Start the walk, go get it, come back. That's not a big deal. That makes total sense. And if it means that's less weight that I carry in, I'm all for it. And so that started that drive to get away from the pack. And I think that's great because what's the worst thing you have to do? Throw a knife? It's not like there's not enough yeah. pockets. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's, it just makes so much more sense. And it's not that – yeah, there's a lot of pockets. So you get a lot of gear. So, like, say your ice fishing gear or whatever, and it has a million and one pockets. Mm -hmm. But in my eyes, those pockets are completely useless. 
you know, the placement of them mm-hmm. are in normal, original fashion right. where the pockets actually are. So with the Sender series, they're just in the absolute best place ever. Mm-hmm. You know, with the inner thigh ones, I can see so many cool things coming from that. Uh, Steven had made a point about an extra camera angle. What if you had your phone in your in your actual inner thigh? I was reviewing that you, film we cut yesterday. Oh, and that, wow. The way you put his phone in there, I was looking and I said, that's an added camera angle. Because if you're turned, say you're turned in the saddle and you yeah. have your knees up and the camera's right there and you just put it on there, now you're right in the right angle to, oh, wow. to have a camera angle from your cell phone. That's right. So like me, I'm I'm huge with going live on yep. Facebook. Yep. Put the thing on live on Facebook on my inner thigh. And now they now they can see pretty much the whole thing happen as long as I keep my other leg out of the way yeah. or I'm torqued out. It doesn't matter. I'm and still you don't have to hold it. Yeah, it's just it's little perfect. things. Yeah. But but the placement on every single pocket is just absolutely completely in the right place it, they make sense they make way it's not a pocket just because i could put a pocket right. there there's a pocket there there's for a, a reason yeah and they're just they're they're in the perfect i i don't think that you could put a pocket in better places to be honest with you well thank you well again that comes from feedback from from fans like i said that guy gave me two ideas or you two one and a half ideas that i switched but yeah that came from people that i can't take all credit for that so is there something you want to leave everybody with man or is there anything that's coming out new for broadside camo oh, well, that's a tough one. Um, so I'll, I'll take the Pepsi challenges when it comes to camo and concealment any day of the week with anybody that wants to. Um, I, I challenge you all to go into the website, look at the looks, look at the videos, look at the pictures that we do for you. The skylight transference, I know you guys want to get scared of white or it'll be too dark at, or it'll be too bright at dusk and dawn. Trust me. I, I hate to say that as a sales guy, but trust me, it works. It plays. The encounters that I have are phenomenal. Not just me, but the fans that have it. Um, the people that have bought and used it, they're loyal. Uh, they don't switch. They love what they've got. Um, and t- in six years, I've had two returns from a quality of product. And I, I happily deal with it. So I don't have an issue with that. My quality is good. Uh, my customer service, I really pride myself on. Um, what I will say is I would dare anybody to disagree with me that if the big name brands had my designs and my ingenuity, that it wouldn't be the absolute pinnacle of gear. But because it's broadside camo and you don't know me, there's this little bit of a reservation or hesitation. Let me prove it to you. Let me be the company. Give me the chance. If you're not happy, I'll take care of it. But let me be the guy that's not only the first into market, but the first to really treat you like a true customer by name, by person, and by a one-on-one relationship. I have one question when it comes to the quality. Sure. What is, how does this, is this product withhold against Scent Crusher or any of your ozone that's that's a tough one, and that's a rabbit hole that almost could be a whole other podcast. So, and I'm all, sorry, I didn't no, 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 mean to. No, no, like, no, that's I great. Because a lot of people are going to ask that question. Yeah, as you should, that, and as, as, as we do. There's a there's millions and millions of dollars into that sector of the market. Um, it's all polyester, so it's either polyester or spandex. So it's a it's a synthetic fiber. So because of that, you just wash it, treat it, do what you want to do to it. It's it's difficult to take on odor. Uh, being in Central Texas and smoky bars and working out and doing all that kind of stuff, it just doesn't seem to take on odor the way that a cotton or a wool or a natural fiber would. That's one. Two, I'm a big just hunt the wind guy. I, I don't do anything special to my gear. I've been, I was downwind or yeah, I was upwind of seven or eight different animals this year. And all I did is I washed my stuff in arm and hammer and I hang dry it. That's just me. Um, it's hard for me as a, as a biology guy it's hard for me to prove that what I sprayed on made a difference. That's just me. That's my take on it. That's how I fit. That's how I live. I wash it in Arm & Hammer, and then I dry it, 
hang dry it, and I put it in a carbon bag. The end. So I can't do it. I've never done a scent test, but I've been upwind of too many deer and not been busted. So against like uh, ozone though, sure. there's no like rubber nope. or anything that's going to deteriorate or anything like that. Because nope. like, because honestly, like your ozone closets, your totes, oh, right. so on and so forth. Yeah. Those things, a lot of people worry about that with their clothing. I know I do. Yeah. I when I'm when I'm buying hunting camo, my thing is worrying about is it going to withstand the ozone because i'm a huge ozone freak like i have closets totes rooms you name it i have it when it comes to ozone um that's just the way i am um and i I was just asking to make sure that there was no because there's a lot of other people out there that run that stuff that there's nothing that's going to deteriorate because of ozone no that shouldn't be an issue uh from a shrinkage or a color fade that won't happen either uh the process is sublimation which is pretty standard now but no no issue like that and that's good. That's yeah. that's important. That's very important because every there is ozone coming down through. You know, some some places yeah. they do have it with if there's any elasticity of any of the product, right? Elastics yeah, or yeah, anything, elastic and it's going to rip it apart and so on and so no, forth. It, so it almost dries it out. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. For yeah. sure. But Shouldn't so be an I, issue. No, no, no. And and I just figured I'd just ask it just so that yeah. everyone well, could seeing, hear here's about the beautiful it. thing is what I'm gathering is should someone have it they test it they figure it out and they call you and say hey this is happening yeah based on the way that this was built designed and created you'd go hey thanks what can i do to fix it yeah right. whether it's you for you personally or set as a brand absolutely exactly is what exactly what i would do and i love it yeah. so it, it's a hundred percent built by a hunter from a hunter's perspective yeah. influenced by hunters yep. and the whole thing is literally surrounded non-corporate just this is what we saw that we needed. Yep. This is what I went with, and I've taken the feedback, implemented it from the everyday guy. Yep. And from, wh- where can they find you? Because so, I know that everybody's. We've been through this. You broadside, we yeah. get it. But where can they actually find you? So broadsidecamo.com. That's the website that'll go straight to it. Uh, Facebook is uh, broadside. I think it's underscore camo. Same thing with Instagram. Okay. Um, on both platforms, I'm not on Twitter. I'm not, I'm not on Snapchat, but. Either of the Facebook or Instagram platforms, you you put in broadside, you're probably gonna get it pretty quick. As soon as you hit the space and you put a C, we'll be there for sure. Awesome. Um, from a pricing perspective, that's the only thing we that's haven't gonna, covered. That's what here. I was gonna ask. Okay, you're gonna yeah, go yeah, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know what Steve's saying? I, I am an everyday guy. Um, to me, a mortgage for gear is a little bit crazy. I I, I don't want to ask anybody that. So what y'all are hearing is a lot of tech. Uh, it's a lot of high end. It's a lot of construction. A lot of time in manufacturing. You've heard a lot of design quality stuff, but you haven't heard price. So my whole set, so in, in two sets, literally two sets, I can get you from January 1st predator hunting to December 31st muzzleloader and everything in between. So I've got a reversible set that's lightweight, durable, that you can put over anything that you want to for insulation that would get you from your uh, spring turkey and a timber set into the fields as it greens up, into your September tree stands, and then with the Ascender series, you'd be back into... Uh, your fall late season bow hunt or muzzleloader or, or double as a snow and predator so awesome and, and and with the warmth and everything like that yep right so there those two sets combined combined everybody i want you to hear this really clearly two sets the whole calendar year combined is 450 dollars. you said what 450 dollars. the ascender series by itself jacket pants and a reversible beanie that matches is 300 dollars for the whole set so that's jacket pants Reversible beanie that matches the design for 300 bucks. The reversible set, pants, shirt, face cover that all reverse, and then a set of gloves that match, $150. So for 450 
you get your whole calendar year worth of gear. You can't even buy some of the other camo T-shirts <laughs> <laughs> for that for that price. That's right. And be able to get through the entire season. That's it's, right. it's, you have to buy this and that, and this layer, that layer, so on and so forth. Yep. And and you right there for four hundred and fifty dollars can hunt yep. throughout the entire season. Now camo is no longer an option. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, it's not. Um, I don't know how to it's say it. It's not an it. issue. Yeah, it's not yeah. an issue. You yeah. don't have to worry about just, it. You don't he, have to worry about it. Yeah, you can I'm see just, the smoke coming yeah. out. He's going, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, Whoa. I'm seeing how I'm going to save some money. What yeah. adjective do I want Cause, here? Because you, you worry about it going in as a hunter, an average blue-collar blue guy. You're like, all right, well, now I need to get a whole new set of camo. Yep. I need to buy arrows for the season, broadheads, uh, shotgun shells, so on and so forth. Yep. And and this is one thing that you've just made a lot easier for everybody yep. across the board. And that, that's why I made the statement earlier that if it was my designs and my ingenuity and someone, one of the bigger companies' brands at my prices, this would absolutely be the pinnacle of gold standard. Everybody would be rocking this. Everybody would be wearing it all over the place. It would be in every store if they were me. Right. But because it's just broadside camo and nobody knows me and I'm not the big guy, I don't have famous people, I'm not paying anybody, because it's just me, I still have to fight the uphill fight, which I love to do. And that's the fun part about it. Yeah, and then it when you are successful, it was you that did it and marketed it and got it to that point where it is. Yeah. And the and people that believed in it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Because there's always, I mean, let's be honest, and I know this is a big rabbit hole and I kind of don't want to go there, but I have to, is that <laughs> there's just somebody out there always that has to put negativity on oh, sure. something that comes out, whether it's a, a broadhead, whether it's a, whatever it is. I mean, say Wild Edge Steps, what, whatever it is across the board, there's always something out there that they have to be negative about. Yep. Uh, if you haven't tried it or haven't done it, then how are you going to make the assumption on it? Yep. So you have to do that. Yep. And to go along with this, we will have a video on the YouTube section of the Outdoor Drive that will come out and go through the entire Ascender series from the show this weekend. Yeah, so. it's pretty nice. Yeah, well, th thank you guys for that. You guys are really instrumental to me. It's, it's stuff like this that really gives me the chance to do something. That's why we're here. Yeah. We get to sit down and see it and play it in touch with it first, and it, yeah. it's pretty cool. Thank you. So I, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Usually, you know, we like to thank people for coming in and taking a ride, but in this case... I'm going to thank you for hanging around <laughs> with the Outdoor Drive. <laughs> thank you.